Come on, every campus, put your hands together. All hail King Jesus. King Jesus, Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You uphold the universe by the word of your power. Who is like you, God? And so we praise you for who you are and for what you have done. You are in the beginning with God from time immemorial. And in the fullness of time, you came and lived a perfect life, went and died on the cross for my sin and the sins of the world. And then you rose victorious from the grave on the third day, leading us all in a triumphal procession with our feet on the neck of sin and death and the devil opening a door for eternal life for all who would believe in you, King Jesus, who is like you. Who is a friend like you? So we give you all of our attention, all of our honor. We love you, God. We offer ourselves a collective living sacrifice to you, Lord. And invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill us fresh. Give us ears to hear your voice. Electrify every promise of Scripture for us. Thank you, Lord. Come and do all you have in mind. Pray for you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. You guys can have a seat, every campus. I'm so happy to see you guys. Thank you so much for being here today as we continue our series called One Another. And uh, I don't know about you, but I have really been blessed by these last two weeks. Pastor Brad and then Dan last week, I mean, it has just been so encouraging, so challenging. I mean, we think about all the times in the Scripture, especially in the New Testament, where that phrase, one another, comes, comes up. It is just staggering to see it. So we've got a really special one another uh, to talk about here today. Um, but before I get into all of that stuff, I just wanted to, to see, has anybody enjoyed 21 days of prayer and fasting so far this year? It's been truly incredible to see so many people um, engaging this year, especially so many young people, college students, few students. I mean, it's been wild and awesome. And uh, we've already seen stories of breakthrough, people being able to hear God's voice for themselves, perhaps even for the first time. We've seen, you know, the, the beginnings of restoration in some marriages and some healing and, I mean, all kinds of, like, crazy God stuff has been happening through 21 days of prayer and fasting. I just want to put this invitation out there to anybody who maybe, you know, you've been like, oh, I think I might, you know, check that out at some point. We've got one week left and would love to have you come and jump in with us. 6 a.m. every campus is going to be amazing. And I just want to put this challenge out there to you guys. I'm stepping into this too for this last week. This is the last leg of 21 days of prayer and fasting for us. I want, I'm going to bring God 10 things that I need to see him do for me. And I just want to put that challenge out there to any one of you guys, to make a list of perhaps 10 things that you would love to see God do. Go into that list as you write it, as you make it, and if there's anything that you can do on your own strength on that list, just consider that prayer answered. Go ahead, mark it off the list. Put something else in there. Listen, y'all, 
God delights in helping us. And he gets glory through answered prayer. So let's dig in, y'all. One more week, and let's see what God might want to do for each and every one of us. Amen? All right, y'all. Hey, I want to do a couple of things, too. I want to honor a couple of people first before we get into everything here today. Um, as I was praying this morning, um, a couple of names came to mind of some people who I just wanted to give a word of encouragement. One of those people is here in the, in the Anderson campus room this morning, Danny Bear. I just want to tell you how much I love you, man. You had a significant birthday uh, this week, turning 60. I mean, this man, you're looking good. You know what I'm saying? So some of you guys at other campuses may know Danny as well. He is a father in this house and a spiritual pillar here for us. He's worked on the New Spring staff for years. And Danny, as I was praying for you this morning, this is a verse from Psalm 80 that came to mind. Let your hand be on the man of your right hand, the son of man who you've made strong for yourself. God has made you strong for himself. And in this next season of time, I believe in Jesus' name that your anointing and authority is going to increase so that you might be an extension of his authority in the lives of other people. I bless you in Jesus' name, brother. Yep. Two other people I've got to mention here, too. There's a man named Charlie Lord who's a part of our Greenville campus. And uh, I just, he, he's very near and dear, special to my heart. So um, we adopted and merged with Eastland Baptist Church in Greenville uh, several years ago. And we w- Charlie, I'm just going to tell you right now, we wouldn't be there, be there without you. Charlie was a bed baby. This is like being in Wonder Way. Charlie was a bed baby 70 years ago in Eastland Baptist, like when, when it was in Greenville and has stayed faithful as a pillar and a part of the church in Greenville for years. And so, Charlie, I just honor you. The scripture that comes to my mind for you is one generation will commend your works to another. And my friend, that is what you are doing with your life. My children are benefiting from your faithfulness. And so I bless you in Jesus' name today. And lastly, you guys, thank you for your patience with this as I bless a couple of people. In Northeast Columbia, Miss Lee, I'm telling you, our church is thriving because of your faithfulness in prayer. As I, was, as I was thinking about you, as I was praying for you, Luke 145 came to mind. It's this word from Elizabeth, and she said, and blessed is she who believed there would be a fulfillment of all the Lord had spoken to her. And I wanna encourage you today, Miss Lee, every word you've ever spoken in God's ears is going to come to pass for the benefit of the church at Northeast Columbia and for the generations surrounding it. I bless you in Jesus' name. All right, y'all, that's all the mail I have to deliver this morning. Here we go. All right, so as we continue with it, why don't we do this? Let's pray together, and then we'll dive into this text. I do, like every time that I preach, I want to, to tell you guys, please get a, a journal, a notepad. You, you can pull open the app and pull the notes out. I'm under no illusions that what I have to say today will be the most important thing that you hear. If you are filled with the Spirit of God, you can hear His voice. And he may want to tell you something very specific today that could change everything. So I just want you to be ready to catch that. You know what I'm saying? So everybody pull out a journal, pull out your Bible. We're going to dig in here in just a second. Let's pray together. Abba, Father, we honor you. And King Jesus, who is like you, name above every other name. Holy Spirit, I just love you so much. Comforter, friend, you are the one who declares to us the things that are to come and empowers all of these gifts inside of us. I just thank you. These minutes are yours, God. And so would you flow through me? I offer you my body as a vessel. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. 
God, my rock and my redeemer. It's in your name that we are free, and I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Okay, so by a show of hands, everybody at every campus, I need you to raise your hand if this question applies to you. And here it is. Who in here across all of our campuses would, ted, would today describe yourself as a competitive person? I see those hands all across the room. Hands are raised right now. <laughs> You're a competitive person. Now, I did notice that there were some people who didn't raise their hands. And uh, my question to you is, really? You're not a competitive person? You're trying to tell me that if I were to spend 30 minutes with you, perhaps at 5 p.m. on I-85 or on I-26, are you trying to tell me that if I was with you in that scenario that I wouldn't describe you as a competitive person? What about if we were at the grocery store together on Sunday afternoon, just picking up a couple of things? Uh, but we got places to go. We got people who are hungry, you know what I'm saying? And you're just looking down at the, you know, checkout aisles thinking, all right, which one is going to be the fastest? And that person right there, I mean, you, you're trying to tell me I, you're not a competitive person? We all have this competitive engine on the inside of us. It's all right. We can admit that. I want to just submit to you guys today that being a competitive person is not necessarily a bad thing. It might even be a gift from God hardwired into the heart of every human being because we were born for a battle. Because there is a spiritual battle that is happening. And God has seen fit to equip his people to be able to be victorious. Perhaps this is why all of us have this competitive drive on the inside of us. And I mean, especially here in America, I mean, we love our competitions, do we not? I mean, we got NFL playoffs happening right now. This is absolutely amazing. I mean, it's just awesome. I mean, and even some of our funniest phrases that we like to throw around in competitive circles, I mean, we all know them by heart. If you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. Second place is the first loser. That's, I mean, I heard that somewhere. That's not in the Bible, but I did hear that. I think we all know deep down inside that this competitive drive that we have, that this is a gift from God. I mean, one of my closest friends, her name is, is Chrissy, like inside of our friend group, she brings so much life and fun to our group because she's always making a game out of everything and inviting us to play it with her. She even told us one time, she was like, in order to be a healthy person, I need a, a healthy dose of competition. I mean, this is awesome. I want us to make peace with that particular aspect because it is essential to this one another that I'm bringing to the table for us today. So if you have a Bible, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, we're gonna focus on one verse today. And the one another that I have been assigned, I just love this one so much, you guys. Out of all the 59 one another's, this is the one that we're gonna study today. Romans 12, verse 10 says this. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Would you guys say that out loud with me? Would you read this with me? We'll all do it together. Here we go. Three, two, one. Love one another with brotherly affection. 
outdo one another in showing honor. One more time, everybody. Three, two, one. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. That's the one another that we're going to focus on today. Outdo one another. It's a competition, y'all. Outdo one another in showing honor. Let me give you a little backstory about where this is coming from. The book of Romans, the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. This was a collection of house churches. And the, the folks inside this church across the city of Rome at the time, they would have been a melting pot all over the place. You've got Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. They're all coming together with a wide variety of uh, quite a diverse variety of ethnic and cultural differences. And so what Paul is doing through the book of Romans is he's giving them 11 chapters, essentially, of really solid theology to unify what they believe about God and themselves. And then from 12 to the rest of the chapter, he's giving them really great pastoral insight in how to live so that they might live as a standout, shining um, picture of heaven. With all these people from different backgrounds, so everywhere they are, they come together as one. And so what happens is the run-up into chapter 11 ends with this just glorious statement that says, oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments, his past beyond tracing out. Who's ever known the mind of the Lord? Who's ever been his counselor? Who's ever given a gift to him that he might be repaid for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. And then chapter 12 starts like this. Therefore, I urge you in view of God's mercies, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. These are some familiar scriptures if you've studied this passage before. He's inviting them, go ahead and offer yourselves to God as a collective body. And then he gives them all of these bits of to do, like here's how to live and outdo one another in showing honor is a part of that. He's given that to them because they lived at a time where they were inside the church. Tremendous, there was a tremendous war against unity. We don't struggle with that today, do we? I mean, there's no division in the church and in the world right now, right? No, y'all, come on. I mean, we have the same, the same battle that we're, that we're facing. And this idea of showing honor is one of the key ways that we can go to war for one another, for the world around us, for the glory of God inside the church and elsewhere. So let me give you a little definition of what it means to honor someone. Honoring someone simply is the act of recognizing dignity and worth. Recognizing dignity and worth. When I honor you, what I am doing is I am recognizing the dignity, the value, and the worth that God has placed in you. Why would we need this command? Why would we need to be told, outdo one another? In showing honor. Brothers and sisters, I think it's pretty obvious. In this year, right now, this election year, the opportunity for division outside the walls of the church and inside the walls of the church is going to be unlike any other. I mean, this is going to be a year where social media is going to get crazy. I mean, the Facebook posts are going to line themselves up trying to tear everybody apart and down in every which way. I wonder what would happen if there was a group of people in South Carolina who were committed to outdoing one another and showing honor. I wonder what would happen. 
Our world needs it, y'all. Let me just tell you, other people need it too. Your words of encouragement, your moving forward in outdoing one another and showing honor, this is going to go to battle for the people you love and care about in your life who are under continual attack from discouragement from the enemy. Listen, y'all, the devil is trying to hurt your people. He's trying to hurt the people around you. He's trying to hurt your children and your spouse. He's trying to hurt your friends. And it is a war in the mind. If we commit ourselves to outdoing one another and showing honor, we step in front and become a shield for our friends and for our family, saying, you get to shut your mouth right now. I wonder what would happen in our own homes, in our schools, in our places of work, if we were committed to outdoing one another and showing honor, I think something beautiful might begin to happen. Let me tell you also, not only does the world need it, not only do the people around you need it, but you need the act of outdoing one another and showing honor. Let me just tell you, I'm just gonna be real and vulnerable with you guys. I mean, I, I've got a big five octave heart and sometimes I get very discouraged. I don't know, does anybody else in here ever get discouraged? A long time ago, I just began to make it a spiritual practice. If I was like swirling in the downward spiral, the dark cloud of discouragement, I would be like, well, screw this. I'm just gonna start encouraging people. I remember it, Psalm 16. It says, preserve me, O God, for you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. And then when I would remember, when I would remember that verse in my heart, I would just pull out my phone, start texting my friends, and it's like the Holy Spirit would just move that dark cloud out of my soul. I just want to put this in front of you guys. Some of y'all need to become excellent, competitive encouragers purely for your own mental health. It has rescued me, y'all. Now, I do want to say this caveat. If you ever get a text from me and I'm blowing you up with encouragement, don't think I'm having a bad day. Because <laughs> I know that's possible. You know what I mean? Oh, Lee texted me. This is great. Oh, is he okay? You know? <laughs> No, 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 no. I mean, sometimes that's definitely true. It might be, it might be what's happening, but for the most part, you know, I've, I've, I've gotten so much joy out of listening for what God thinks about so many of you. And it swells my joy like almost nothing else. It's amazing. This is why we need to outdo one another in showing honor. We need to engage in the competition. We need to take that competitive drive that so many of us have and let's put it to work in sticking it to the devil. I'm saying it kind of funny, but like, y'all, this is serious business. We can do some damage to the kingdom of darkness purely by how we outdo one another in showing honor. So anytime you get into a game, anytime you get into a battle, you need a game plan, right? So we've got a game plan here. We're going to go together. How do we do it? How do we outdo one another in showing honor? Let's go through it. Step one, this is the game plan. Step one is you honor God. The first step in outdoing one another and showing honor must begin with God. Because what we're doing in honoring God first as a means to outdo one another is we're aligning ourselves with truth. And he is truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. 
When I honor him, I get myself out of my self-centered kind of, that's really the spirit of the age, you guys. The spirit of self is the spirit of the age. When I push that aside and I honor God, I'm aligning my love. So I'm aligning myself with the ultimate truth in the universe and then equipping, I'm getting all the weaponry ready to go to battle for somebody else, right? When I honor God, I'm lining up with the great commandment. Remember, Jesus said, what's the great commandment? The first part of the great commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your everything. That's the first part of that great commandment. When I do that, I become ready to outdo one another in showing honor. Honor God, that's the first part. Secondly, the second part is to honor the person that you see in the mirror. Would you write that down? Honor God. And then honor the person you see in the mirror. That may sound a little counterintuitive, but y'all go with me here for just a second. If I attempt to honor other people, to encourage other people, but I have this internal dialogue that I'm an idiot. You remember Pastor Brad's message from two weeks ago, the mirror? What happens on the inside of our mind? What, what, how do we talk about ourselves? What is that internal voice saying when I look in the mirror? Is it idiot? Is it loser? Is it ugly? If I stay in that place, my natural posture toward anybody else is gonna be one that echoes what I hear about myself on the inside. And then here's a pitfall that in the past I've fallen into. When I try to encourage somebody else, sometimes that encouragement comes out as flattery or manipulation. And so we don't want any part of that. When I outdo someone else in showing honor first, I need to be able to look in the mirror and then quote this scripture. Listen, I want you guys to try this with me, okay? Psalm 84, verse one. You stand in front of the mirror and say, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. Can I just tell you that God enjoys living in your body? He enjoys it. He's happy to tell somebody that your body is his physical address. When that psalmist was writing that, he's talking about the temple. It's like, I'd love to be where God is. And then in the New Testament, we read that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I can say in this New Testament context that here is where God dwells. He loves living inside your body. It might help if you loved living inside your body. When I honor what I see in the mirror. I receive and experience the love and compassion of God. And let me just tell you something, y'all. He doesn't give just a little bit. He pours it out and won't stop and does it to overflowing. He is the most encouraging and compassionate person I have ever met. And when I begin to believe about myself, what he believes about me, whoa. It turns out I have way more than I need for myself. I can begin to pour out and outdo one another in showing honor. We honor God. Then we honor the person we see in the mirror. And then thirdly, we honor one another. Now I wanna talk to you about a particular way that you could do this. There are so many ways that you can honor other people. You can serve them. You can put them first. You can go out of your way to be generous toward them. And ultimately, I do wanna tell you that honoring somebody else is an act of generosity. And New Spring Church, you are a generous people. People outside of our church know you for your generosity. 
We are known because of this generous spirit that is on the inside of us. It's, it's how we deal with our money and with our finances. We are so open-handed with it. And I just wanna say for everybody who has trusted God's promises for the tithe and for offerings for overflow, I thank God for you. Because what, what is happening is you are pushing back the darkness because of how submitted you are to God and because you refuse to bow the knee to mammon, to money. New Spring Church, you are wildly generous. This is who you are. And I just want to tell you, that same kind of generosity can hook up with how we talk to people, how we use our words in such a way that pushes back the forces of darkness as well. So when we think about outdoing one another and showing honor, I want to give you guys a practical tool. We're going to do this together, a practical tool in how to encourage other people using your words. Remember, showing honor is recognizing dignity and worth. We want to honor the dignity and worth of the image of God wherever we find it. Today is Sanctity of Life Sunday. When we think about where is the image of God in the world right now, it is in the life of the unborn, and it is in the life of the mother, and it is in the life of rich and poor and old and young and immigrant and whoever has been living here for a thousand years. I mean, listen, y'all, the image of God is everywhere. When we move forward in honoring the inherent dignity and worth of other people, the enemy is pushed back. And in one specific and powerful way, the way we do it with our words is one of the most transformative ways that we can actually do damage to the enemy. So I have a simple how-to encourage someone that I want us all to begin to practice, okay? So here we go. Write this down. This is a how to encourage. Number one, I want you to ask God for a name. In the morning when you pray, you want to engage in this practice of outdoing one another and showing honor. First things first, just take an easy breath and then let the first name come to mind. Catch that name. Don't worry about why that name showed up. Doesn't matter. Why would the devil want you to encourage anybody? Whatever name shows up in your head, that's today's assignment. The second thing is, ask for a scripture. I have so many words that I could encourage people with, but none of them are guaranteed to produce faith. Every word on the page of scripture has the promise of generating faith with it. This is amazing. Now, I do want to say this too. I want to encourage you. If you don't really, if you don't feel like you know the Bible very well, doesn't matter. I got to tell you guys, most of the time when I engage in this practice, there's just a phrase from a scripture. I think that might be a scripture that pops into my mind. I pull up my phone and I search that scripture. Bam, there it is. So like, this doesn't have any, you don't have to be somebody who's memorized half the Bible in order to become a good encourager with the scriptures. You just take that person's name into your mind and think, okay, Lord, What's a word from the word you want to give them? Let something bubble up in your spirit. Catch that, search for it, whatever it is, capture that. And then number three, ask God what he thinks about them. Ask God what he thinks about them. This might show up in your mind as a, as a mental picture. It might show up in your mind as, a, as a, a legitimate phrase, just something like that you hear God's heart for that person. Just write it down. Their name, a scripture, a little bit of a word of encouragement for them. And then fourth, send it. Full send. 
I was just thinking about this with the X Games. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, sometimes sending a text of encouragement to somebody out of the blue, it can feel like you're on the half pipe and about to drop in. You're like, what's going to happen? I, I don't even have a helmet on. It can feel risky. But I'm just telling you, I've been doing this practice for years and for years, and it never fails. When I send something like this to someone, what I get back from them is, you have no idea how deeply I needed this at this exact moment. Has that happened to anybody else in here? That's what I'm talking about. Y'all know, I mean, this is how it works. New Spring Church, listen to me. We are in a critical moment in history. And God is calling us into the battle with our words. When we engage in outdoing one another and showing honor, we are reclaiming territory that the enemy has taken. So, I want to take just a couple of minutes for us all to practice this right now. What might happen in our state if thousands of people at one moment begin to sow seeds of encouragement all over the place? I just think something might break loose. So would you join me in this? Everyone, I'd love for you to pull out your phones right now. And let's engage in this moment of outdoing one another and showing honor. And I'm just going to lead us prayerfully through each one of those four steps and we're gonna encourage somebody. So would you pray with me before we start this? Abba Father, we trust you, Holy Spirit. Well, I just ask that you would come and that, that you would engage us in this wonderful competition that you've got going on. We love you, God. So everyone, just pause where you are with your phone there. Take an easy breath and then ask God to bring a name to mind. Capture that name. Go ahead, pull up a note. Just think, all right. I'm about to send something to this person right now. This is going to be great. Everybody got a name? All right. Now, Holy Spirit, would you bring a scripture to mind for everyone who received a name to pray for? Would you bring a scripture to mind, a phrase, a word? Give us grace and childlike faith even to take that phrase and search it. Where is that in the Bible? And just to pull that up, copy it, paste it, put it in the text message. What is that scripture? What does that person need to hear from the word? Go ahead and capture that. And then as you're doing that, ask God what he thinks about that person. Connect it to that scripture. And just jot, it didn't have to be very long, just a sentence, just a phrase. Go ahead and write it down. Go ahead and write that down. Prepare that text message right there. Help us to outdo one another and show honor. All right, y'all. Once you have that message, that encouraging message, I want you to read it and look at it and ask this question. This is something my brother John, who is our prophetic ministry director, he is he's encouraged me. This is a great way to test what you with the encouragement that you have ready to send. 
Ask this question. Would I be encouraged by what I'm about to send this person? If that's true, then I want you to send it full of faith. Send it full of faith. Everybody hit send right now. If you're ready, go ahead and hit send. Sow that seed of encouragement in that other person's heart. Here's the one thing I know. God is probably going to, it's possible for some of us, God may bring someone to your mind to encourage, somebody that you feel like you've got a little bit of beef with. And he may move you into a place of needing to get your heart clean from any bitterness or unforgiveness. Let's do it, y'all. Let's quit giving the enemy ground inside of our own hearts, inside the hearts of other people. Let's go take, let's, let's go take back some ground. Let's stir up that competitive drive on the inside of us and outdo one another in showing honor. Romans 12.10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Everyone at all of our campuses, would you stand with me as we close? I see people here, and I know this is probably happening at other campuses. You're still sending text messages. I want you to just keep on doing that. That may be the most important work that you do. Just if you need to keep doing it, keep doing it. Everybody else, y'all stand with me. And in this moment, I want to invite ministry team members to come to the front. Um, and just saying this, this word about ministry team members, I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. The folks who pray with, with us, the folks who serve communion every single week, this is such a big deal, and I'm so grateful for you. Uh, in just a moment after I pray to close up the, the message for some time, someone from your campus will be out to lead you in a time of response. Let's pray together, everyone. Abba Father, I thank you so much for calling up New Spring Church into the battle so that this year in 2024, we might be a shining group of people committed to unity, committed to honoring and recognizing the dignity and value of the image of God everywhere we find it. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill this church with, a, with an army of encouragers? Would you give us prophetic grace to be able to hear your thoughts about the people around us? And then the boldness to share it, to send it. God, I pray that you would restore relationships through this move. I pray that you would heal families and marriages. I pray that you would that you would ignite revival in schools and in colleges because of the wave of encouragement that begins to rise up. I pray that you would even stir up a wave of generosity in every other area in our church purely because you are a generous God. Thank you, Lord. We love you, God. Give us more. Call us into the battle. We're ready in Jesus' name.